I've been investment for about two years. I have six investment properties, uh, one in Kansas City, three in Memphis, and two in Little Rock. Oh, I started investing because I listened to Jason's podcast. That's it. It makes sense to me, so I make a very quick decision. I think maybe in one month, I decided to attend the Midmasters event back to Sun 16. And then, yeah, I started to buy properties since then. Before that, I'm trying to do some study on stocks. But that makes sense to me, so I hold a lot of cash. I didn't deploy to the stock market. So finally, I get the Jason's podcast. Everything he said makes sense to me, and I have a lot of agreement with his opinion. So I decided to come to the event, meet the masters, and then I decided to make the investment. I think the first thing is real. You can have a real good return. It's not a scam. But if you should be careful. What I recommend is join a network like Jason's network and get some education and then start to buy the properties. Don't wait too long. Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. You might recall when we had Meredith Whitney on the show several years ago talking about her book, The State of the States, and uh, talking about the migration path of people moving out of uh, high-tax, highly regulated places, mostly politically liberal places, to uh, places with more business-friendly environments, lower tax environments, and uh, in many ways, places that reflect one's own political views, largely held by the middle class. That's what we're going to talk about today for a few minutes. We've got Thomas, our in-house economist here. Thomas, welcome back. Yeah, good to be with you. Thanks. So you pulled up an interesting video about people leaving New York. The Big Apple ain't what it used to be, I guess. And uh, let's just listen into this for a moment. Well, people are leaving New York faster than any other state, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. News Channel 34's Morgan McKay explains the numbers and what elected leaders think the reason is. New York is losing people, and it's been following this trend for the last three years. According to the U.S. Census Bureau report, New York is one of nine states that lost population last year, with the most people, over 48,000, leaving New York. 
but it's upstate seeing the biggest decline. Since 2010, 42 of the 50 upstate counties recorded a loss of population. And because of this outmigration, New York is likely to lose two congressional seats in four years. A spokesperson for the governor sent me a statement today that seemed to cast doubt on the accuracy of the census, saying a complete and accurate count is critical for New York to receive proper representation in Washington. The state is committed to being a full partner in a robust outreach effort so that every New Yorker is counted. But what are officials actually saying? Well, the governor a few months ago pointed to the weather as a leading cause. People will make demographic choices about where they want to live. Some of them are climate-based. Somebody wants to move to Florida because they want to move to Florida. I mean, that's not an excuse. That's been going on for decades, right? That, that's nothing new. And New York grew during times when it had bad weather, and it's got the same weather now. But what's interesting and really scary for a state is losing two congressional seats in, I think they said, then maybe the next three years. Thomas, that's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's funny. The first thing they jumped to was losing two congressional seats. It's again a I don't know. Sometimes in these places that lose that are losing people, they think of the politics side of things. You know, from my perspective, losing people, right, that affects real estate prices. Oh, yeah. Um, it's one of the most important factors in determining real estate prices. Obviously, weather matters and taxes matter and water, water, water prices, energy prices, a yeah, whole bunch but, of things matter. But overall, it's population. If you have people there and people coming in where you've got an in-migration place, then prices will tend to go up and rents will tend to go up. If it's an out-migration place, prices and rents will go down. That's you know pretty much the way it works. There are other factors, but that's the, those are the main ones, right? Just like you said. Yeah, I agree. And so the question is, is it causation or correlation, right? That's, that's always something to consider. You know, you've got these causes when they try and tax everybody in every which way they can, you know, eventually people are just going to get fed up and they're going to go and that's what they're doing. Uh, so let's keep listening. While at the same time, uh, we lead the nation in out-migration, people leaving New York to other states. I also spoke with soon-to-be Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, who listed a few reasons as to why not as many people are staying in the states. Whether it's the economy or, or affordability, keeping taxes low and, and, and jobs uh, growing, uh, you know, New York will be, as if, if I have anything to do with it, uh, the place that people will be coming to in droves over the next few years. This Ha ha ha. That's funny. <laughs> Keeping taxes low for that's hilarious. Uh, I, I don't think people are coming there in droves. They're they're looking for escape. Uh, the spin people put on things sometimes. Yes, yeah, you know. the, the spin they put on it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The fourth highest behind only California, Texas and Florida in Albany. Morgan Mackay, News Channel 34. Interesting stuff, Thomas. Interesting stuff. So for real estate investors, you know, I think the lesson is kind of obvious, right? Invest in business-friendly, low-tax, and, you know, I always say it, Thomas, landlord-friendly places. New York is definitely not landlord-friendly. Even if the numbers worked, even if the rent-to-value ratios worked, you're still in a landlord-unfriendly place, aren't you? Yeah, you obviously you're the best at it. It's 
definitely true. Well, there are people better than me, for sure, at this real estate investing game. But, uh, you know, I do okay. (laughs) I'm okay at it. And then, you know, you add to this the federal tax change and the SALT, the uh, maximum deductibility of the SALT taxes, the state and local taxes. And that's really a recipe to push people out of these uh, these places. And sort of everything that they said about New York, except maybe for weather, applies to places like California also, doesn't it? Yeah, that 10,000 cap, that is certainly causing some individuals to move from higher tax places where they where they used to be able to take right their state and local taxes off of their federal income tax return and now they can't they're capped out yeah, makes a big difference that's for sure well we've been chronicling this stuff for years the trend just continues so uh, we'll continue to monitor it and thomas thanks for joining us on this and thanks for the video talk to you later It's my pleasure to welcome Nobu Su. He is one of Asia's richest businessmen. He is founder of Nobu Store and chairman and CEO of Today Makes Tomorrow, otherwise known as TMT, great name, (laughs) which during the 90s was one of the world's most successful shipping companies until the Royal Bank of Scotland sunk it ahead of the 2008 financial crisis. He's author of The Gold Man from the East and the subject of the acclaimed documentary The Outsider, dubbed as the real Wolf of Wall Street because of his appetite for financial revenge. Sue has launched a $12 million lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase in a New York uh, federal court. It's just a fascinating story. Nobu, I can't wait to hear more. Uh, Welcome. How are you? Yeah, fine. Thank you. Good, good. It's good to have you. So are you currently in the lawsuit with J.P. Morgan Chase or is at what stage is that? Yeah, still ongoing because the JP Morgan Chase could not give the sufficient information that, that they didn't stole my $5 million. Uh-huh. And actually, it did because they received money from RBS after we opened the first money of $5 million, deposited to the RBS account, dismissed, it disappeared, and sent to the JP Morgan Chase NA, which means American head offices. Okay, so. The issue is an issue of disclosure that when you deposited $5 million, you didn't know where it was going. You thought it would be in the hands of RBS. Uh, apparently, you chose them to be your bank and, and you liked them. However, JP Morgan ended up with your money. Is, is that the claim? Yes. So we asked them that JP Morgan to the priest return money or explain to us where the money went. And so far, they couldn't explain properly until today. Okay. And we are waiting for the court decision and it's take it's so long they haven't make any decision yet oh yeah of course the legal system the wheels of justice move very very slowly as we all know sadly uh, that's the way it is did you actually lose any money or is your claim simply a claim that there's not a proper disclosure going on so we start to look at the, all the data and did the, actually the big data analysis and we found out that uh, there's another a second payment of 250000 also looks like it disappeared to the Bank of New York. And then the third payment, the interesting happened when the Northern Lock went burst. The RBS sent us the different SWIFT code to our account, said that the police remit money to their special account, which is the bank's own bank's account. So we end up to remit it over $490 million to the RBS on account, and it does mean that the RBS and JP Morgan used my money for their advantages. 
But aren't all banks using your money to their advantage? Or are you saying it wouldn't be on demand, uh, like a demand deposit? You couldn't get it back immediately if you needed it because they were doing something else with it? Or, or what? Is, I, I'm just trying to understand what is the real yes. damage here? Okay. So there was actually one day damage because they borrowed my money, put the money to the New York. And uh, the, what we believe is called the PDCF scam. This is the special word Hank Paulson decided to install for the giving the money to the banks. Mm-hmm. It's called a prime, uh, the anyway, PDCF. So if you bring the money to central bank, you can receive the 25 times money from the central bank. That is the, the, how the banking system works. It's called the money creation. So this is an issue of fractional reserve banking and the, the Federal Reserve scam uh, more than it's an issue of just these banks. It's, this is just sort of a proxy for what all banks are doing, right? Yeah, basically, when the 1913, when the Rothschild you know, and all these people get together, mm-hmm. created this federal banking right. system, mm-hmm. they said, give money one dollar to the bank, the bank will lend you 25 times, right. so that you have 25 times, so you can give the money cheaply lend to the people, so that people can enjoy, that's basically commercial banking system. Right. Now, happened in 2008 was Hank Paulson and the team decided to give the money to the banks, so that if you bring any any uh, the, the monetary instrument, we give it the money, so, uh-huh. so that every day they could receive the money, so that the whole economy will not went bust. So for that, you need their own money. But the bank didn't have any money, so they used my account and received my $490 million cash as their own equity, and they could create basically $12 billion. Right, right, right. This is how folks, and we've talked about it many times on the show, how in this odd, extremely complex game that almost nobody can figure out, not even experts, how money is lent into existence. And it is... Absolutely shocking what goes on. Uh, it's yeah. such a deep subject. It's it's crazy. But say anything you want about it, Nobu. Oh, yeah, because uh, at that time, there's no money in the bank. So banks need to create the money. And the uh, accounting and, uh, you know, KPMG, Deloitte, uh, PwC, Ernest mm-hmm. Young, all the big fours, they have to tell them that they're doing right. So that uh, each quarter, they have to move the money around and uh, using the people's money, such as our accounts and our cash to create the billions. And then after that, they're smart enough, the people in Chicago, one hour later, or in Singapore, they bring money back in my account, and they do the same thing again. So that every day they survive with these, all these things, and they, we found out all this scam after the uh, 10 years. It, it's, truly okay. mind, it's truly mind-boggling. You know, there's an old um, joke, and it would be funny if it wasn't so sad. If you have a gun, you can rob a bank. If you have a bank, you can rob the world. <laughs> it's, it's, no, so, so, so that's why... Uh, I wrote now the, the second book and the third book is on the way. Basically, the quantitative easing over the six years give the unlimited money was uh, the neighbor disclosed in 2008. And if you look at the $90 trillion printed out, it's proved that $770 billion of the top or the $7 billion given by the Timothy Geisner was nothing. So now today we have so much debt in all of the people in the world. I don't know how we're going to pay it back. What does this mean for the future? Is another crash around the corner? Is a debt jubilee around the corner? Or will things, can they just keep playing this game for the yeah, next 30, 40, 50, 100 years? Yes. So Deloitte had audited the Federal Reserve's uh, uh, the system, but it's, it's very vague. So what we are seeing now is that now with the new uh, the Mr. Powell just raised the interest rate, now everybody said, no, 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 now they stop. And so because now all is clean up. 
So as long as the interest rate is uh, the moving up and down, we have the issue of the issue. So in my opinion, what the central bankers and all these the famous bankers has no accountability and they printed 90 or 50 or 70 trillion dollars, they should come back and say, I'm sorry, I printed so much money. And secondly, if that money of part of it was used to spend for physical policy, such as building the houses for people or like a year of best, people have apartment or they're giving them some, other, you know, favor, I think that's, that's what's much better. So we are now seeing the huge social crisis and unfairness in the world. And with this, uh, the, uh, the current France, uh, UK and all this uh, the America, I think this is happening. So you're ta- when you talk about the yellow jackets, you're talking about uh, what's going on in France, right? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I participated in this uh, yellow uh, mm-hmm. jacket as a foreigner. I didn't see any foreigners. Right. And uh, <laughs> I didn't have the yellow jacket, so I wear the gold jacket. Uh, but similar. And all of them loves me so much. Mm-hmm. I thought they're going to attack me because I look like a witch. But right. no, no, no. Ask yeah. me why you came here. And I was interviewed by TF1. He asked me and I asked him why you're here. He said, no, 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 I'm a journalist. I cannot say anything. But mm-hmm. I, I look at his eyes. He was very passionate to the people of the Yellow Jackets. Mm-hmm. So um, do you have any recommendations for investors who are listening? What should they be doing with their money? You know, I asked you a moment ago, can this just go on for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years, you know, it's kind of this game of sort of kicking the can down the road. Eventually, everything falls to a real economy. It has to. It can't go on with this fake smoke and mirrors economy forever, but it probably can go on for a lot longer. Maybe not. I don't know. This is the now with my books and what I'm telling the people. I'm an economist, actually. I study economy and I look at all the world, travel all the places. For me, it's very become very, very simple. A lot of people are not happy and they have to go to vote because the voting is your only right. And the referendum is the key to change this, uh, this system. So, for example, in Taiwan, we have the referendum and they can change the policies. In America, in the, the London, in France, it's very, very difficult. Only referendum I've, we've seen is the Brexit, 49 versus 51. And the country is now in the talk, 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 talk forever. And this energy and money spent is, looks to me very, very funny from outsiders. So what we need to do is vote to the right, the politicians, and ask them to speak up. Okay, so then you believe that the politicians on the right have a better solution? Is that what you said? Or, or uh, we have the right to vote? What were you saying? I, I didn't understand. That. Yeah, I, what I'm saying is like uh, the musical, uh, the you know, cinema. Right. Basically, all politicians are too busy to talk every day about their case. They uh-huh. have no time traveling and see the world. And they, they have the, don't get the real information. And the media is basically giving the all same pictures and there's no second opinions. So they, they also, they don't know where the problem is. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the problem, just talking nice words and talk about the policy yeah. and this, nothing will change. Right. So basically what we need today is to find the right politicians or the right people to talk about this. Now, if you talk about the future, where to put the money, I'm not going to scare the people, but basically you have to believe in what you put your money, the risk is getting higher and higher. That's why I believe what is happening. Talk to us a little bit about your career, if you would, and your incredible success. I mean, this meteoric rise in the business world that you've had over the years. What is Nobu's store? Is that like a, a Snapchat 
uh, for digital documents? Is it uh, kind of that idea? Yeah, I came to this idea in 2000. I, I had the U.S. patents and many patents about this. Basically, I went to Amazon, I came with the Amazon bookstores. I said, no, 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 I want to have the book immediately. So I, I had a patent, basically, you can download digital documents and read immediately, and this is going to disappear. And the, while, before it disappears, you get a real book. So it's called a seamless delivery. And this is a kind of Snapchat ideas. So I decided to put it in the one example to show in the Nobler store. Because Amazon, actually, we, this is my first time become an author. Today, the many authors have to pay the 50 to 70% of the income to Amazon. Yeah. So they make very little money for the authors. Yeah. Amazon is just taking over the world and they're crushing everybody. They're crushing their own sellers. They're crushing, obviously, they're destroying the retail business around the world. It's just too concentrated, the power, isn't it? Yeah, it's called Amazon. It's not Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So why does the digital document uh, blow up, if you will, after it's downloaded? What, what's the point of that? My idea was uh, that, uh, you know, in the early stage, uh, you, you, you have a digital, digital and uh, it, it stays there forever. So that our the, 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 the actually cost to maintain the data has become very, very expensive. So that if it can be banished, and so that we have a real, real information, how do we decide how to control the data? So uh, that was my ideas. But actually, it, in terms of the books and uh, the, the media and journalism, I think uh, that if it's going to vanish uh, in certain times, people can talk more real stories, and uh, they are confident that, that, that they can send to somebody and after see it, it's like... Uh, Comics. <laughs> right, right. This would be very good um, as a way to communicate and in an era of government oppression, especially, or, you know, to circumvent the government. I mean, so that people can have the right to communicate what they want and not without fear of reprisal. I could definitely see an application there, right? Oh, yeah, there are many applications. And I believe that we are now able to control the data in our hands, not by the data to be controlled by the Google or the Amazons. Mm -hmm. And it's very scary, actually, yeah. even in, in the China or even in now in the, the other countries. All over the world, they stolen the data and sell the data. I think it's very, very bad. Yeah, I think um, I've said many times uh, that I think uh, Google and Facebook are the two scariest companies on earth. I mean, we all love and use their products, probably. I, I know I do, but uh, they scare the heck out of me. Uh, any Any company that controls... 60 to 70 percent of the search results on planet earth <laughs> that's just insane they either need to make their algorithms public and open source so people can see why they're seeing the results they see or they need to be regulated like utilities or they need to be busted up under antitrust laws or maybe all three of those things yeah but that's happened uh, since 1999 of dot-com boom but uh, the now that uh, also I, I look at the other side token I'm fighting with uh, the all big institutions and uh, the banks and uh, the politicians, whoever it is, since they have to the, put this uh, the fake news or a lot of the one-side opinions, it's now easy for us also to search and build up our theories and our story because there are probably facts they wrote in. Whether it's right or wrong, it cannot be disappeared. So uh, uh, we have to be smart enough to understand how to understand the real information and the fake news. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Any tips on that? How we can understand that? It's uh, not that easy. Oh, that's uh, the experience. <laughs> Just life experience. Good. Take us back and tell us about your career. How did you start out? How did you get into shipping? And what happened with RBS uh, sinking your company in the financial crisis there? 
Oh, this is a long story. Please read my books. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing the one book, second book. Second book is called uh, Dynasty Escape. It's talk about the Taiwan the political parties, uh, the, the move the money from Taiwan to outside. And the third uh, book is called The Government from the East and West. And it's actually talk about the what behind the financial crisis. And uh, there are more to come. And, uh, it's and, not and, and you cannot get these on Amazon, right? They're not available on Amazon. No, I don't want to go to Amazon because okay. uh, it's easy to Amazon, but uh, I want people to go to Nobdo store and we are still the, the making the more the, for the people available, easy to use. But the, the, it's very, very interesting to pay a little bit of money and read it because okay. since it's going to banish it. People have to read it as soon as right. possible. As soon as possible. Yeah. 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 Well, so that, this is a very good education system. A, actually, that's another good point about all these tech companies. You know, the censorship is just huge. Mm -hmm. I know that Prager University is suing YouTube and Google, at, you know, the parent company. But everybody, you need to go to nobu.store, right? N-O-B-U dot store, not dot com dot store, right? Nobu dot store, that's it. Nobu, so www dot N-O-B-U dot S-T-O-R-E. Okay. Correct. That's where they're available. Good. I want to make sure people know that. Okay. Uh, your career, just in a nutshell, of course, the books are available. So, but... so I'm very creative. So sometimes people don't understand, understand me. So now I'm working for the new technologies is, is increasing, increasing the organic fish and the collecting the plastic on the oceans. And I think my invention will solve these problems with a very limited cost. Because this is a two big issues in the earth uh, that we need uh, good fish to eat and plastic to be collected so that the fish will not eat plastic and we are safe. Okay, but that's what you're working on now. How do you start a shipping company? <laughs> I mean, oh, it's, uh, it's such a, my father, it's a small family business. Uh -huh. And, uh, and you I was, uh, yeah, I grew up with my father. That's uh -huh. how I learned. So I know that I think I was prey and uh, I know the ships very well, but most people don't know how much I know. That's sure, good. sure. Okay. <laughs> That's good. So it was the shipping business, then Nobu store, and now the new projects you mentioned, right? Are those the, I mean, I'm sure you're doing other things, but are those yeah, the basics? It's correct. I think uh, the, 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 we are lucky to the, the, the build up the, the, the good uh, business, but uh, then we became the target because you know, his family business was actually the targeted, like uh, Mr. Madoff like other people. And uh, they, if you look at the billionaires targeted by the several banks in the finance crisis, and now it's more, some of them coming out one by one. They never targeted the, the professional, the hedge funds, or the other people because they'll find out. So I was outsider. That's why I look at my outsider. You can find out interesting things. Yeah, yeah. And the documentary, The Outsider as well. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Nobu, do you want to give out any other websites or uh, is it just nobu.store? Yeah, there's my, my website called Nobu in Twitter. And uh, sometimes I put my opinions. But the, 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 uh, the ones, my book is very, very, become a two, uh, 1,500 pages in total. So uh, that, that's... Most most now uh, the economic professors like to read it because all this uh, the crisis. Or I don't want to say crisis, but the last ten years, you know, uh, the so much money was printed, but the economy never get better. This is a, there must be the reasons because you printed so much money. Why we we cannot benefit it? And the people just complain, but actually there was the reasons. So please read my books. Good stuff. Well, Nobu Su, uh, that's Nobu and S-U, and that's where you can find uh, that personal website as well with opinions and so forth. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, and good luck in the lawsuit. Please circle back with us and let us know how that turns out, okay? Thank you very much. 
Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, heartmanmedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own, and if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you.